It's Wednesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. The boys are here. We're hanging out with you. You're hanging out with us. I am Fred Slow. Thank you for switching over from KKOB, from the horrendous Jared Hart, who's sitting in for TJ Trout. That's our best advertisement right there. <laughs> Just poor programming on sister stations. The sink is a shipping or shipping. The ship is a sinking over at KKOB as director of spoken word Jared Hart is gracing the airwaves. Tell you about his trip to France or something. I have no idea what he's doing. But you're here with us now. Welcome. Alongside me, my broadcast mate. What's a, what's another word for co host? What is co sidekick? There we go. But I feel like I would be your sidekick. Each other's sidekicks, Van Nunley. Van, how are you? I'm a little messed up, I'm not going to lie. All messed up. What you going to do? I just started thinking about the audacity of salt. How, how like, for some reason, manufacturers put an expiration date on it, but it doesn't make sense because it's rock from the earth, and how would that ever expire because the earth doesn't expire? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and they got these uppity suggestions on the packages of salt and the canisters of salt they just say iodide is an essential ingredient for your health yeah that's is it well actually that is is it i've been to the doctor often vital then they're like sit down mr nunley we got to talk about your iodide joining us producing this program the salt in my wound michael vital michael how are you Pretty good, guys. Uh, the iodine is what you need. Our bodies need that. The Morton Salt logo is one of the strongest logos that's ever existed. People dress up as it for Halloween. What? Yeah. Have you ever seen that? You ever seen a girl in an br- umbrella and a puppy? Uh, well, I know the I know the logo. <laughs> yeah. But you're telling me it's a it's not a it's not a meme. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like uh, you see it a lot at Salticon. People cosplay. <laughs> the Morton's girl. Salticon is not a real thing. It's is it a, not? You just you just made that up. Did I dream that up last are night? You, are you thinking of Chocolate and Wine Fest, but accidentally saying Salticon? I'm often thinking about Chocolate and Wine Fest. I love that event. It's a very good event, but there's just I don't think there is an impassioned salt fandom. This is okay. I'll tell you what this is, top to bottom. Oh, okay. This is a conspiracy from Big no, Iodide. It's not. What is iodide? <laughs> I don't need it. I thought iodide is what you like. That's what you dye stuff with. I thought it was a college in West Virginia. What's it called? Iodide? Iodide. Iodized. Nope. All right. I'm learning something with you. So iodide. Okay. I really can't tell you why it's important. I don't know. It's, it's, it's BS. It doesn't matter whatsoever. So I think there was a point in history when it was very important because you had to, like, salt meats and stuff to keep them. Yeah. Like the whole idea behind kosher. It's very important a long time ago. Yeah, like kosher, it's right? A, it's a preservative for meats. Yeah. But right now, like, all right, by the way, and I'm not trying to lose friends of the show here, but kosher right now is dumb. Like, years ago, it made sense to me. You have right. to, like, pack food correctly. It has to be safe. It had, like, all that I get. But right now, like, you're going to tell me where I can get my cheese from? Because cheese is safe now. It's very safe. It's not like the way it used to be when it was just like ho-hum bacterium. All right, I die. Okay. 
Go ahead. It, it, iodide's most important role. Okay. Apparently has multiple important roles is what it's saying. I don't that, believe that mean, either. Hey, you know what that's called? That's called a five-tool player, which means they don't really fit in anywhere. That's a utility guy. In the minors, maybe. Yeah. To ensure proper thyroid function. They have a pill for that. Apparently it's salt. So I'm a salt guy. Oh, I salt everything. I'm like, yeah. Table salt, sea salt. I'll I'll consume salt because I like it, because it's delicious. It makes my tongue my tongue go yum yum. Vital, when you're eating squeaky cheese, you salt that up real heavy? I don't use a whole lot of salt. Oh, see I do. Pepper I do though. Tomato? You put you ever put salt on a tomato? Salt at little S and P on a tom tom? On a tomato, yeah. Mm, yeah. That sounds good. Hey, ask me how I have my steak. Fresh, fresh uh Fresh salt pepper, homegrown tomato, nothing like it on yeah, earth. A little cherry boy, a little S and P. Yeah, that's the spice for me. I'm a beefsteak guy, why a Cherokee purple guy? You just you toe the line on weird because <laughs> so, I know I know different types of tomatoes. Van and I today, Michael, we're well, iodide is garbage, is what I'm saying. It's not real. You know what ensures proper thyroid function? Iodide is actually an ion. This is science stuff. Yeah. All right, so today I learned. Essential elements, that's worded a little loosely. They're not all essential. Oh, I thought you were talking about shampoo. You don't need all the elements. Is essential elements a shampoo? (laughs) It's conditioner. No, I I don't know. (laughs) It's it's something like that. Essential elements? I think that's at my girlfriend's house. I think that's in like the... Like the wet bar shower area. So. In aisle five. Yeah. I'm really thinking about this hard. So iodide can be in anything. It's just an ion. So it can be in like potassium or hydrogen or silver. I didn't know all of this. Those are all important. Iodide is garbage. Ooh, it can be a colorless gas. I don't like that. See? All right. So I'm out on iodide. See, I told you. I'm back in on sea salt, though. Not that I had ever really got far away from it. Iodide's got taste, though. No, it doesn't. Is that what? What about salt well, that, taste? That's, that's what you're pouring. That's what you're you're putting on a pouring. That's what you put on your your food. What There's got to be an element of taste there. <laughs> element of taste. Get oh, it. nice. So, okay. So according to the internet. And by the way, riveting sports talk here. Yeah. According salt, to the- salt, is, salt is sodium chloride. Yeah, everyone okay. knows that. Everyone knows that, right? Do you ever go to that nerd's house that has it labeled NACL? Like when you're on the dating app, you For meet sure. like a gal. Yeah. And her, it says NACL, and you're like, come on. I really don't know what the taste is of salt. If you were to ask me what salt tastes like, I would say salty. Salt tastes salty. Yeah, but I would. What you can't describe, you can't define a word using the word. So, like, what what does salt taste like? It's not you, bitters. How do you define something that's already defined. You use it as a description for other things. You don't use it as a description for itself. Okay, salt tastes sharp, but pepper tastes round. Okay, that's a good one. Buy into that. I'd strike that and reverse it, though. You think salt is round? Pepper is very <laughs> sharp. Yeah, pepper is. That's a better. No. Okay, we're gonna have the Pepsi challenge with salt and pepper. When we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to eat it. We're gonna have to drink it. We're gonna have to rub it on an open wound. We're gonna have to snort it, and what? then and then what? we're gonna have to. Uh... 
The Morton Salt logo is strong. It's very good. You know it isn't? Their lies about iodide. That's weak. Were you reading the back of like your channel? 505-246-0610. Is there some kind of salt expert out there listening right now? Give us a call. Tell us why iodide is an essential element. There's not Because like, it's not. So salt, though, is like, I think universally like sought after because you, you're physically you need it. Yeah. Like animals go for it. Correct. In the wild. Yeah. That's that. Um, it's why you get a yeah, shoot, a, shoot deer at a salt lick. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you capture like a. Licking salt is so important. There's cities named Salt Lick. Yes. And I'm not confusing this with Salt Lake <laughs> no, City. Salt Lick. Everything you're saying is correct. Yeah. It's like one of the number one, I think, baits of all time. Salt Lick? Because that's how you catch, like, like capuchin monkeys and stuff. Is with a Salt Lick? Yeah. You, like, you put it in, like, I, literally you put it, like, put it in a hole and they grab it. And then their arms are stuck because they won't let go of it because they love it so much. I'm not joking. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Monkey fishing. Yes. Yeah. All right, I'm into it. Yeah, there is a thing though about salt that I'm not into. Go like, on. Like when there's too much of it. Oh, it just ruins everything. But I don't know how to describe that. Oh, uh, all right. All right okay. Here we go. Vital, were you that on air with take, that? That didn't take long okay. at all. So, friend of the show Robert is going to join us, and Robert claims to be a salt expert, and I also want to know his opinion on popcorn. Robert, welcome to the show. Boy, hello. So my, my dad had high blood pressure, so he was only able to have the iodized salt, and it's horrible tasting. Iodide does affect the taste. There you go. And that's that's exactly what it is. I don't know about health benefits part of it, but I do know that when you guys are arguing about taste, I'm like, no, it has a very different, like, go and get a deiodized salt and then try it, and you'll what, throw it away right away. So then, Van, you're hearing it from Robert, friend of the show, that you're wrong. Okay, well, he said nothing about iodide. I get, I get the same. It does affect taste. So I have, I have a pretty impressive spice cabinet. I mean, I just came out right now in front of everybody, this whole world. I have a very impressive spice cabinet, and I have like pink Himalayan sea salt, and like smoked, like uh, smoked fire sea salt, and like all kinds of different sea salt. You can't just put the words and in front of sea salt. The worst. Those are all real salts. Uh, the worst one is just the regular, like, iodized salt. It's garbage. Like, I use it to, like, salt <laughs> pasta water. Robert. I never use it. So you're super right, Robert. All right, Robert. So you're sitting in front of a freshly popped, like, Orville Redenbacher, okay? Like, freshly popped. Okay. What kind of salt are you going to? I I, I personally uh, just, just use table salt, but then I put a little bit of butter in there, too. Okay, that's nice. so that's the smart move because you can taste butter. And I'm a garlic yeah. salt guy on my popcorn. Oh, garlic salt is good. Yeah, that's where I, like I putting lemon, But I like putting lemon pepper in there. Yeah, that's a smart yeah, move. Yeah, kernel seasonings are real smart. If we're talking niche popcorn, let me tell you what I do. Okay, Robert, get ready for so, this. You just do plain, plain nothing on it popcorn, right? And then soy sauce and sriracha. That is where it's at. Robert, that's going to melt. That's you got... I wish we were on TV and not radio right now. you got to see Vital's face when I said soy sauce and sriracha <laughs> on popcorn. From, from the texter, that sounds like dog food. Yes, that does sound like dog food. <laughs> that's how you trick a dog into eating medicine. Soy sauce and sriracha? Robert, thank you for being a friend of the show. We owe, no everyone, we owe everyone 12 minutes.
<laughs> All right, more sports talk. Four to seven today. Your boys are hanging out immediately following us as Mike Trujillo, true to the game. We got a full slate of it, and we're going to give it to you when we get back. Dave and Busters presents this program. We are in the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee and play on Team I-9. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back live on the program. Salty start. Instagram is pretty popular recently. We share that a lot with the listener, the friend of the show, at TalkABQ. Uh, Lenny, who calls often, reached out earlier today on the social medias. And he says, uh, you guys need to give uh, some of the better callers a chance to argue sports with both of you. Well, I tell you what, I agree. I love that. Yeah. Because here's the thing. And me and Lenny are usually pretty simpatico when it comes to boxing. But otherwise, yeah, I'll fight with Lenny all day on stuff. He's Team Marvel. I'm Team DC. Are you really? No. <laughs> Who is Team DC? I didn't know you switched in the past couple of days. Well, for the sake of radio, I'd pretend. Necessary embellishment, friends of the show. We've got a good rundown today. NFL expansion talk. There is a rumor circulating uh, out of a station I used to work at in St. Louis, Missouri, the ESPN affiliate. So we'll go into that. We'll do that here momentarily. Obviously, There's we'll nothing more than I love on this show than speculating on speculation. Yes. The inception of speculating. Obviously, we're available to everyone as well. I know we don't mention it enough, but the Quans Auto Care Hotline, 505-246-0610. Or text your boys, we'll text you. Uh, we like that. That's that's part of the game. Also, like the, the language gets fun on the text. Like, it's not radio stuff. Right. Aaron Rodgers talk, is there some stuff going on there? Big win for the Lady Lobos last night. Is it Lady Lobos? Women women's lobos is it just either, lobos? either one works lady lobos lobos well vital we were asking the lady lobos not you yeah we need de la Serta to call right now Jaden de la Serta, if you're listening right now which yeah. one do you prefer well the one she says to use is the one that i'm formally using correct we should get her on the program she's very good lady lobos just sounds cool it's good alliteration yeah rolls off the tongue correct yeah Unique, you New York. Unique. I guess that's not alliteration, though, so why do I even use that as an they example? They call Tennessee the Lady Vols. That's a good one. Yeah, see? I think Lady is classy. Sure. As opposed to that that BS tramp. The UNM, UNM women's basketball drinks beer. The Lady Lobos drink tea with their pinkies out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And when they're getting loose, like those that are of age, mimosas. Right. Got a little bit of, we got the Jokic update. We're going to give that to you. Van, you found the weirdest Nancy Kerrigan style story out of, out of I guess, like a, a lady soccer league in France. So we're going to go into it's that. It's one of the biggest football clubs in the world. Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, PSG. It's a big deal. That's a MMA fighter. That and one of the most popular soccer clubs in the world. Is that true? It's true. Yeah. Paris Saint-Germain. Oh, Paris, not Paris. That's who just got Messi. That's how big they are. They got Messi. No, you say Mr. or Miss. You don't have to say. Well, I'm speaking French to you right now. Oh. Yeah. It's all French to me. I have no idea. 
Next week, Major League Baseball is announcing uh, their award winners for all the things that are important. We'll do a little preview on that because we like that. Obviously, we'll stretch it longer than it needs to go. Men's Lobo basketball tips off tonight. That is a big deal. That's over at the pit. That is, uh, that's over on KKOB. Vital, you are going to run the pregame to that starting at 6? Six? 6.30 is the right. pregame. So you're leaving at 6 because, contractually speaking, you have to have a break. So right. That is fine. Charles Barkley hates analytics, and I love Charles Barkley, so I'm going to say he's right, and Van, you're going to say? He is incorrect. Okay, we'll get to that. And then uh, if we got enough time, uh, way too early after 10 or 12 games or whatever it is, NBA predictions. Okay, so here's the story from this station I used to work with in St. Louis, ESPN. So what it is is since the Rams left – I don't know, a million years ago, that the city has been suing the NFL the whole time. Cool. That's not even that weird. Everyone's kind of up to speed on that story. Okay. Vital, you up to speed on that? Cronky uh, left early or he broke his contract? Sort of. It was more of a collusion. So there were certain um, modifiers that the city could reach or the team could reach that automatically would renew the contract. One of them was like, if it was deemed to be in the top 25% of the stadium they played in, which was the America's dome. If it was in the top 25% of stadiums currently in existence, they had to then immediately re up like they had to. And that was obviously up to a lot of different factors like opinion and blah, blah, blah. But the short of it is, is the city was like, there's no reason for us to put this money in. We know you're leaving, so we're not going to improve it, and we're not going to build a new one. And they're like, well, if you build a new one, you got to put it in this neighborhood that probably can't support it. And they were like, you weren't working in, in good faith. There's your lawsuit. Cool. So it's a talk all the time in St. Louis. And today they had on – let me make sure I got this right – Benjamin Albright. Okay. Are you familiar with him? Uh, no, actually. Okay. He's good. does good work? He, um, well – I mean, yeah, technically. Okay. So he that does. That didn't exude <laughs> confidence there, but sure. So he's he's an iHeartMedia guy, but his thing is he does uh, uh, stuff for the Broncos. So he's like a Broncos insider, okay? Okay. So he's interviewing today, and he says that the NFL is looking to, within the next couple of years, expand to 18 games in a season, and at the same time they're expanding to 36 teams in the league. Potential placements for teams, London, which is, I think, in France. Duh. Toronto, which I think is in England. Yep. San Antonio, which I think is North Mexico. That's Mexico. Okay. And then St. Louis, Missouri, which should be the capital of the country and the tourist and vacation destination for everyone who's ever lived. Let's skip this. It's too much to unpackage. Okay. So so the idea is you can expand the league. You want to go to 36 teams? You want two 18-team divisions? Is that right? Did I do that math right? That is correct. 36 divided by 2 is definitely 18. Because then you could do it e- – because if you're playing 18 games, that makes your schedule real easy. And is there enough talent in the league to expand to 36? I'm going to say yes. There's not enough elite talent, but there's definitely enough talent. In the world? Yeah. In this country right now. It would have to become a worldwide product. They could take half of the Duke City Gladiators. That's only another 200 people. Hey, I, I dead-ass believe that there's, there's Nate 200, Davis. There's 200 people right now who could get NFL contracts. Think about all the people that are on practice squads. Those people can get a 53-man 50 man roster spot. Easy. 
if they're on the wrong team, if they're on the right team. And you were saying 200 because that's the number of active players you would need. Yes, you would Approximately. Need. Yeah. Because it's, it's uh, what? You need 212 more people plus the practice squads. Which are not as big as I think people think they are. No, it's like 12 people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be done. Because especially now, because I'm looking at things like the XFL and the American football whatever and the USFL whatever and the the plethora of arena, there's probably enough talent out there. If you divide it up amongst 36 where you're going to have 36 teams that on, quote, unquote, any given Sunday can have a shot at each other. But where do you put them, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's the big argument is is who gets the squads because every single city that qualifies is gonna be vying for those spots. Everyone wants a professional football team. That's money. That's attention. That's clout for your city. Everybody wants a professional football team. Mexico City gets one for sure. I think they should. But it, like football is not the thing in Mexico. But it would be if you told them it was a hundred percent. Well, that the way you said that had a negative connotation. Fans is what I mean. Yes. I mean, they Mexico have a... City needs a baseball team yesterday. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. Whenever the NFL goes down there, because they go down there to play in Tila Teclacan Stadium or whatever it is. Not anymore after that last disaster. Well, there's that. Yeah. Fills out, though. It fills out. 100%. London, I guess, makes sense. Because those games do well. When you send two teams from Florida over there to play... People tune in for that. And I don't know about San Antonio, though, because there's not any good teams in Texas right now anyways. (laughs) 505-246-0610. Does Texas need a third team? They barely have one. I got your your wild card. We were just there. And I'll give it to you after the break. Okay. Dave Busters presents your boys. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we're playing on Team I-9. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program. We're talking about this possible, rumored, speculated NFL expansion. I told you Mexico City, Van. You said yes. I like, well, I like Mexico City for baseball for sure. Baseball should already have baseball in Mexico. You know who I think should get? I got a short list of who should get football teams first. I have a I have from Forbes an article that says football is more popular than baseball in Mexico City. Really? So it looks like number one. Have you heard of? Help me with this one, Vital. Sock? I, soaker? What is that? I've never heard of this game. What is this? Football, but so- Oh, okay. It's soccer. All right. I've never heard of that. Okay. <laughs> so football, I'm telling you, there's enough people in Mexico City. I think Germany would do well because it was popular when NFL Europe yeah, was over it was there in the 90s. Yeah, it was super popular. We talked about London. I don't know if they would ever get one because they already have that deal. I have this. I think, like, Honolulu, Hawaii, I think it'd be a lot like like Vegas. Where would you still always forever have, like, all the 49er fans that live out there and all that kind of – yeah, you would. But 
would people like make effort to go out there during football seasons to catch their team or to catch a game? I bet they would. Man, I don't know about that. That's going to be hot because the population there isn't as big. Albuquerque has as many people as Honolulu. So it got more. Yeah, it's got more. Honolulu only has like 400,000 people. Yeah. The area. The island? Yeah, the <laughs> island are similar population. You guys are just out there. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you could drive edge of the island, edge of the island, like you can drive from Albuquerque to Santa Fe. Yeah. It's like 45 minutes across. 45 minutes. Like, that's it. And the thing I'm saying, though, is not it's not the populace there, similar to Vegas. Vegasians and Hendersons are not going to football games. Oh, they do. Not like it's not like that. I'm telling you, it's not as much because the Raiders travel so well. But look at the Golden Knights. Like the Golden Knights have the most passionate fan base. Yeah, it's different though. Yeah, it's a different sport. It's insanely different. Yeah, because a Tuesday night in Vegas, you're not going to fly out for that if you're the visiting San Jose Sharks. Sure. But you are, if you're, give me, what's a good what's a good example? A New York team. If you're a Jets fan and your Jets are playing in Honolulu, you're you'll, going to make the effort. You'll plan a year ahead. Yes. I don't like it. I think there's a lot of better ones. Toronto. Toronto's great. That's number yeah, look, one. Let's knock out a few cities first that I think deserve a football team. Oh, okay. I think Detroit deserves a that, football team. Okay. Going into a bit here? Yeah. Yep, go. <laughs> I think Detroit should get a football team before anyone else. Miami? Because of, Mi- of Oakland University and how, how prideful the student fan base is up there. Miami deserves a football okay. team. Yep. Yeah. Maybe the Sharks? Houston, Texas? Like Houston, Texas is third biggest city in the country. Yeah, why'd they lose they the don't, Oilers? They don't have a football yep. team. San Diego? Oh, Vitaly. Well, San Diego's in first. Yeah, it's, not of, the, it's not the joke. Kind of missing the punchline here. Come come with me now. <laughs> Detroit deserves a football team. That's where you're going with Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You're usually pretty good at setting those up. That wasn't your best. No. Nah. No. Solid six. No. I live off of these sixes. Toronto. Toronto would be a good one. I think... Um, <clears throat> Of course, St. Louis. Sure. St. Louis had such a passionate fan base. No. They love everything there. Well, that they create. So. The Cardinals have the most passionate fan base. Arizona Cardinals? The Blues have the most passionate fan base. I would, I would agree with when that. When the Rams were there and doing well, they had a passionate fan base. 20 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think St. Louis would be like a super passionate part of this country for a football team out of spite like yeah they would pack the house and make sure that that organization has the, as much money as possible the battle hawks sold out every xfl game yeah see yeah they would do very well but besides st louis i think you should go international toronto toronto yeah toronto for sure i mean toronto i mean they already got buffalo that's like 15 miles from toronto it's just right there it's a ferry away from Toronto. It's a 20-minute drive from Toronto. But they got the population. They could do it, and that's a natural rival for the Bills. That'd be cool. Like Montreal? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to that. 
I think it's time to go international with NFL teams. The problem I have, and I, like I would put a team in Vancouver. Like they're just a shade under a million people, but it didn't take any time to get to Vancouver from like Seattle. And if if we're talking San Antonio, I think we should talk Austin, Texas. Austin's the capital. Austin has a bigger population than San Antonio. If we're having that type of talk, we're having, I mean, if the voter will allow it, we're having the Albuquerque talk. I could see Albuquerque being in the next round of expansions. You think Albuquerque is going to fill 30,000, 40,000 stadium every Sunday? Yeah. But I think it's it's greater than that. I think it's everyone three hours south of Denver and everyone three hours east of Phoenix and everyone three hours west of, I guess, Dallas. I, I guess that would be more like six hours. But that who that is who would come. And there's the infrastructure for that. There's 65,000 hotel rooms here in town. Yeah, if we could accommodate the balloon fiesta – which will draw more people than the Super Bowl. We can have an NFL team. But, you know, we're not a big market city. We're middle of the road as far as, like, metropolises go. We're about five minutes smaller than Edmonton. But not the surrounding areas. That's a good point. Yeah. It's all about that metro. It is about the metro. What's Santa Fe got, like 40,000 people? Uh, Well, they have way more houses than citizens. Is that real? Only like 100,000 people live there, but they have enough housing for like 300,000 people. Oh, because people are there like seasonally. Yeah. The Airbnb would be strong. Albuquerque's like Vancouver size is what I'm saying. Like it's not like there's a gigantic difference. I mean, Orlando, Florida doesn't support their teams very well, except for the upstart Buccaneers. So the thing with Florida is there's so much going on outside of sports. If you want to do things that aren't sports, Florida's the place. You You want to hang out in nature? They got a lot of it. You enjoy music or food or culture? Portland, Oklahoma City. I hate Oklahoma City. Okay, go on. You ever been? Uh, Yeah, I have. If Oklahoma City could be identified as a business, it'd be a truck stop. Truckers love the NFL. Yes, they do. Hey, hey, they buy hats. Again, roughly the same size as here. And that's the thing, too, like using like St. Louis again as a measuring stick. St. Louis proper is only like 300,000 people. But once you get in the metro, you're around like 2 million people. So that's the big difference, right? Right? Oh, do you put a team back in San Diego? Yeah. San Diego and St. Louis are the two biggest metropolis without a football team. And they're the two who lost. Yep. So that's a that's an easy answer. So if you do San Diego and St. Louis and then two internationals, I think that's the next expansion. I think London is a great fit. In Mexico you just, City. You just jump on the train anywhere in Europe, and you're in London in 30 minutes. 
No, not anymore. They changed that. Well, they I mean they changed Okay. Well, you're you're talking you're talking you Brexit. Yeah, I'm talking Brexit. You can't just do that anymore. Yeah, you show your passport and do it. I mean, if they'll let you. It's like a roulette on what countries they're letting in and out today. I'm only kind of joking with that. It's actually a gigantic mess over there. You know, like like pundit who's like, America's so bad, and we're 368 days into Biden's reign of terror. You hey, go go do spend five minutes looking up what England is doing. Yeah, they have no clue. Those are like long term mistakes. <laughs> Grab a break. Aaron Rodgers talk or Lady Lobos? Lady Lobos. Okay. Lady Lobos, when we get back, Dave Busters presents your boys. We're in the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we play on TMI 9. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Sports animal. Parkinson guarded by Davis. She's top of the key. Gets to De La Cerda. 4-3. Three fingers in the air. 53-37. Lobos under a minute to play in a third. Four Lobos finishing in double digits last night. Anderson with 16, De La Cerda with 15, Magruder with 15, and Duff with 10. Uh, all of the all of the three pointers, man, they shoot all of them. That's their game. That's their thing, and they are quite successful at it as well. Uh, UNM is undefeated in regular season openers under Mike Bradbury. So there's a fun fact if you want to win a bet at a bar. He is six and zero. Oh. Tough. Uh, Lamar played well. I mean, they played well. That nine point third quarter was kind of the end of them as. Uh, the Lobos really locked them down. Consistency from the girls, 17, 18, 18, and 18 for 71 total on the night. What's the problem? Can't hit a free throw on the first? That's consistency, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, how about that? Uh, Lamar hung for a quarter. Well, they were at a half, right? I could hear it in, in J.J.'s voice, voice of the Lady Lobos, J.J. Buck. Mm-hmm. It's just... So talented. We love listening to him. The Lobos committed a few turnovers in the first quarter, and then Lamar's is hanging, hanging, hanging. Only a two-point lead for the Lady Lobos after the first quarter, but kind of pulled away after that, especially a dominant third quarter. Magruder goes seven for seven from the field for 15 points. Let's talk about consistency there. Hell, man. It's good that basketball's back, right? I mean, that's my overall energy of it. De La Serta's a stud. She's going to have 1,000 points, like, in two weeks. And I don't mean, like, total. I mean, like, in her career. Basketball helps balance out, like, the time change, seasonal depression. It's like, oh, my God, it's dark at, at 445, but at least I get to go watch basketball. Turnovers are always a conversation I like to have because I think that's a real indicator of how well you can handle your offense. Like, scoring in transition is obviously important, and you got set plays, and you should score – uh, against Lamar, you should score 70 points. Correct. But it's what you do with the ball. Um, 15 turnovers is kind of heavy for your boy. I'm a 12 turnover guy. I'll give you three a quarter, maybe. Two. That's kind of my energy, too. Two two's a strong game. If you keep it under 10. Yeah. Under 10 turnovers a game, is it? I can tell you that's a team that really controls the ball. Yeah, you're going to win some basketball games if you do that. But, yeah, no, no, exciting that it's open, exciting that it's going. Um, I wasn't able to be there in attendance because we were at the New Mexico Ice Wolves yesterday. We had a lot of fun with that. Team USA was playing the Ice Wolves 
out at the outpost. A uh, big win for the Ice Pools in exhibition 11-1 over Team USA. Uh, obviously, Team USA is figuring it out. Like, they're, they're exhibitions. They're trying to I think that's really stuff. nice of the women's national team to take it easy on the Ice Wolves like that. I agree. Let them win 11-1. to 1. That's very kind of them. This Saturday night, uh, Military Appreciation Night as the Lady Lobos take on northern New Mexico. Wait, hold on. Don't we have a four-pack to give away? I will never, ever give away tickets to a team that is coached by J.R. Giddens. And we've had this talk a hundred times, Van. I was talking about the Ice Wolves. Okay. Because <laughs> it will be a cold day in Albuquerque before I allow a fan base to support get J.R. Giddens after he stood up the NBA roast of J.R. Giddens, the namesake, and your boy Kenny Thomas at the chicken and waffle spot hosted by A. Marie, the producer of the morning show, and our best friend, Monday and Friday contributor, Robert Gibson. Uh, loyal listeners out there, if you are very clumsy and you're, you drop stuff a lot, because he's really good at holding on to things. Never going to drop it. J.R. <laughs> Giddens, the head coach of Northern New Mexico. No. You know how they're doing, uh, Black Friday, don't buy any stuff, whoa, 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 blackout whoa, whoa. stuff. Yeah, what's right. that? It's 2021. Okay, Friday. It's just called Friday now. That's what I think should happen here at this. I know it's Military Appreciation Night. We should just buy seats and not show up. Ooh. And show J.R. Giddens. Show him what's up. This is a Highlands University versus Northern Beef here, I believe. I already told you the beef. Yeah. I think that's just an extra slice of beef on your platter. I'm in support of my boy, Robert Gibson. If you're going to have somebody's back, that's a good one. And by the way, I learned something new yesterday. New Mexico Lady Lobos yes. played Lamar. Third time ever. Lamar's a whole college. I thought the Lady Lobos were just playing some guy named Lamar. That, that make sense. Like that was, I was like, this Lamar guy must be really good to take on five players by himself. It's not what it was. It's not even close to what it was. Well, had me fooled. I was into it. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it's going on. Uh, check the Lady Lobos out this weekend as they're going to beat up on that turncoat J.R. Giddens. He had 21 seconds of fame in the NBA. Sorry, 21 points. That's what he had for his career. Recognizing quarter. that's 21 more points than I had. Recognizing that. But he had more fouls than you did, though. Top of the hour when we get back from the break, and we're going to welcome a bunch of our friends of the show that just got off work. Dave and Buster's presents your boys. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we play on Team I-9. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program. Friend of the show, Dan Mustanew. We were about to talk about People Magazine's Sexiest Man of the Year, so he thought he would put his name in the hat. Dan, welcome to the program. What's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. with you, Dan. What's happening? Hey, nice to hear you guys again, man. You know me, loyal listener. I'm uh, I'm used to hearing you on Saturday mornings, and real bummer that that ain't happening. But I'm calling today because I'm normally pretty busy this time of day, but I can't let this one slide by. 
y'all, y'all better lay off Jr. Man, because let me tell you something. That dude, that's one of the best things that's happened to the basketball community and the community up there. He's he's a phenomenal guy. Look, I've known Mikey Dominguez since he was in diapers, okay? And I know the whole spoof of what's happening. you got to be real careful, bro. We love this show. There's a bunch of us Norteños that love you guys, love your show. You, you know, Ask Michael, man. I mean, him and I are brothers, man. But when I hear something like that about JR, just because he didn't make one of Anne Marie's events or whatever, we don't care about Anne Marie's events. The, I don't. My, so, so mine. So, wait a minute. Let, oh, hear me go out. Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. J- JR, I don't appreciate you dissing on JR like that. Now, if we're just doing it in jest, okay, I'm cool with that. But you sounded real serious about it. You want to tell me about that? So I, I, so that I will open up the door a little bit because Dan is a passionate. It, it, it is a play. It is a work. So the, the joke is Jr. couldn't make the stand up. So Kenny Thomas had FaceTimed him during the stand up, and uh, obviously when the uh, when the basketball tournament was going on, Jr. was a big part of the community at that time, and that's whenever that's whenever the boys became boys. So yes, it is. Uh, it is absolutely a rib. And that is that is the spotlight that we are putting. So yeah, no, nothing, nothing of serious nature by any means. It's definitely some good old fashioned oh, ribbing. Yeah. I knew you guys were bigger than that. I knew you guys were bigger than that. But I gotta support my boy, man, because you know I coached AAU for what twenty years. Right. I brought kids out of the hills. I brought young ladies out of the hills, and and got them out into the spotlight. And Jr. is doing so much for those young people. I, th- so I think I he's currently now, and, and Mikey too. I mean, I'm so proud of, of Mikey, like his family is. So I get the gist now and I'm good. I'm all right. <laughs> Love I, you guys. I can't. I, hey, right back don't at forget you. to hug a vet tomorrow. Don't forget to hug a vet. We got Vital tomorrow. right here. We got Vital on the other side of the glass. Yeah. Give him a big bear hug for me. Okay. Hey, you got it. That is fun. Love Dan, you guys thank, later. You, thank you for calling the first. That's fun. Cause hey. that, I want somebody to have my back. Yes. Like, he's got J.R. Giddens back. I agree. My mother doesn't even have my back like that. Also. And she loves me. We're f- I'm a fan of talent. Okay. So I'm in on that. Also, I'm a fan of a guy who can take a joke, and that's J.R. Giddens. Sure. That was, that's kind of the, the whole, like, like, growth behind this whole thing. And J.R. Giddens lives in, like, Rio Rancho, guys. He, like, listens to the show. He's just right there. He's right there. <laughs> like... But no, that I do like that from Dan. That's a good passion for sure. And also, it's similar like with Ryan Tamari in First and Five Hundred Five in the weekend. I tell everyone that Ryan Tamari on First and Five Hundred Five heard eight to eleven now replacing ABQ Central on the weekend. R.I.P. is the absolute worst sports broadcaster of all time. Has zero insight, knows nothing about anything, and is a terrible listen. Here's the thing: none of that's true. None of it's true. He's literally brilliant. Quite talented. He knows more about sports than anyone. That's true. But the work is. Just, just have a little fun with it. Justin Ray Giddens, head coach of Northern New Mexico. Also, Mike Dominia, the Dominguez, who we had on the program last week. If you haven't met head coach at Highlands, about the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Quality, quality. I tell you, have not met Mike, have you, Coach Dominguez? No, I heard him yelling when I was running the Lobos in New Mexico <laughs> Highlands game the other night. You could just hear him in the background. That is him. There was a lot of yelling in that game. Speaking of yelling. Aaron Rodgers is doing it at a cloud. Aaron Rodgers was fined, okay? You know the story. We don't need to rerun it. 
So Aaron Rodgers, who makes a lot of money. Keep in mind he had $15 million in a signing bonus. He makes about a game 882000 okay? 882000 882000 Okay. It's a good day's work. Keeping the math real easy, if the Green Bay Packers run 61 plays, which is about an average of how many plays an NFL offense will run. Yeah. That works out to be roughly, per snap, $15,000. $15,000 just so happens to also be the amount of the fine that the NFL put on Aaron Rodgers for his inability to follow COVID protocol. So putting himself and other people in harm's way mm-hmm. will cost him one play of one NFL game. That is correct. Or, as State Farm calls it, the Rodgers rate. So that's like fining me 73 cents. I don't know what you make, but perhaps. I'm assuming it might be less. There's so many other ways that this thing could have been handled. And I'm not just talking about Aaron Rodgers now. Now I'm talking about the NFL. Make an example. Because the NFL puts out this video, and it kind of hit Twitter hard today, on the kid from the Bears. What's his name? Marsh? Yeah. So they put out like an explanation video on this taunting call where they just so happened to edit out can, what was the cat's name? The referee? I'm so bad at this on, on recall. Tony Cogalario. Yeah. So they ed- they don't quite get to the point where he gives him the hip check. The NFL should have done that with this. They just put out your own narrative afterwards. Well, that's you get to the victor go the spoils, like the winners write the history books, right? They're in power. They get to tell you what to think. The NFLPA is the best as well at, like, negotiating weird stuff. So, like, this, like, flat rate of fifteen grand for your first offense, it should have been a percent of your salary. It's, for, like, $14,673.83. Is that really what it's it is? It's something stupid. Yeah. And then you look at, like, weird stuff, like the NFL. You remember when the NFL kicked out, um, you may have heard of him, Tom Brady? Because he let a little air out of a football. But we're going to get, like, keep in mind, I don't, to my knowledge, believe that put anyone in harm's way. 14650 Packers got 300000 which, again, sounds like a lot of money. It's not. To them, it is not a lot of money. That's a life-altering amount of money for me, for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, for listener. They got it in cash, in a safe that some guy named Steve has a code for. You just grab it for you. Aaron Rodgers, like, willfully and with full knowledge was breaking rules, endangering others, and at best misleading and realistically lying. Okay, let's establish the fact that he has – the choice to not get the vaccine. But if he does have that choice and he makes that choice, there are what are called protocols, which someone might consider rules. And he broke those protocols. So he broke uh, the rules. And we just talked about this thing with the Marsh kid, how rules are up for interpretation, right? Because apparently the white hat in that game, Tony, 
whatever it was. Caligula. He, thank you. He had been, and this is what I'm hearing today, like into his earpiece, like, hey, you should you should probably throw a flag on that guy who's doing something. Like that's like that's interpretation. Excessive celebration gets a bigger fine than this. Okay. So let me get the NFL's back for just a split second. Hey, by the way, CD Lamb got fined more than this because his jersey wasn't tucked in. Go ahead. That's so ridiculous. CD Lamb has two really bad things going against him. One, he's not Aaron Rodgers. Two, we're not going to go into that. It's 50 grand. Yeah. So, MASH. I would say I'm immunized against tucking in my shirt. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Remember when Ezekiel Elliott used to tuck his shirt up into his pads? When he was a good running back? And play football? Yeah. Is that why they change it? Is this the Zeke rule? Is this this the Ewok rule? Like, you can't tuck your shirt up? You have to tuck your shirt down? Since he had to untuck his up-tuck? Yeah. They just let Tony Pollard play now. (laughs) Forget it. Sure, we'll just do the other guy. So, Marsh, with the taunting penalty, all the emphasis was on when he was jogging past the referee, and what it looks like to me is when the referee reached for the flag, stuck his butt out, and hip-checked him, and then threw the flag, hoping to get some kind of two-for-one penalty, maybe? Give him a 50-yarder, since he got two penalties in one play. But directly before the hip check, the Bears team was running off of the field and Marsh jogged towards the Steelers' sideline and literally taunted them. You say jog, I said three steps. Okay, he took X amount of steps towards the Steelers' sideline while his whole team was going the other way, Uh. stared him down. Stuck his arms out and gave him the what's up. Yeah, because he'd been hearing it all game. That's literally taunting. Every time he goes to the quarterback, one of the pouncy boys or whoever is playing offensive line for the Steelers is like, you suck. At least he didn't do it against the Miami Heat, right? Jimmy Butler fine today. We'll talk about that when we talk about that. Yeah, we're going to hit that in a minute. But I don't think it was that blatant. I didn't think it deserved a penalty in the Absolute, first place. Did not at all. You can't penalize the referee for what he did. He wasn't even looking at it. They you. should like just negate those penalties. Be like, light taunting. I'm going to pick up this flag. Yeah. Sorry for hip checking you, bro. Here's 10 yards on the next play. My bad. Yeah. And that should have been the end of it. He said he gets on the microphone in front of um, 15 yards for personal foul taunting, 15 yards. For haven't you ever watched National Geographic getting in the way of a zebra? <laughs> Those penalties offset. Replay, third down going into fourth down. 15 yards, taunting, Bears, number 86. Hips not lying. Shakira-esque <laughs> referee. Penalties offset. The NBA has made a bunch of decisions on a impromptu boxing match they had in the middle of a game two nights ago, and we're going to give that to you. That was yesterday, two nights ago. Time flies, man. Isn't that nuts? Two nights ago. 
Dame Busters presents you boys. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we play on Team I-9. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. Text the program, 505-246-0610. Call the program, Quan's Auto Care Hotline, 505-246-0610. It's the last 40 minutes of Michael Vital on the program. Forever. No, I'm just kidding. Today. Is he retiring? Mike, you ever think of Not yet. You're going to retire on Veterans Day? That's your plan? That's not a bad idea. Poetic. You don't see me here tomorrow, you'll know. Well, if we don't see you here tomorrow, it's because you're at Golden Corral getting the free buffet. You know what? That's right. Cracker Barrel. I get freebies tomorrow. Getting the free breakfast. You're at Dunkin' Donut getting the free breakfast. You're at all of them. Yeah, that's a fun day to eat on. Feast. Speaking of days, two of them ago, Joke It Morris won. What do you call that one? A push? I think Jokic took that one. They both pushed. Yeah. It was both a push. He like the uh Markeith threw an elbow and then Jokic threw a, a forearm. That to me is the same. One of them hit the ground. Well one of them didn't see it coming. Uh-huh. And the other one That's just strategy if you ask me. Yoke, one of them's read The Art of War. <laughs> when Jokic, like, laid into him, Nikola Jokic. Nikola! When Nikola Jokic laid into him, it, I mean, it was bad. Like, it looked bad. Yeah, it looked real bad. Do I think it was a little produced at the end? I'm not going to say – I saw his head hit the ground. I mean, we saw that. Yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't – to me, it wasn't like he didn't flop. He didn't, like, fall harder. He, like – that's all it took. Yes. Like, yeah. He fell the appropriate amount of falling for what he was hit. He fell the exact amount of ignorance that he had after elbowing Nikola Jokic in the ribs and then trying to walk away like nothing would happen. Correct. Bill Simmons said it best, quote, the 11th man on a team losing by 17 in garbage time isn't supposed to do stuff like this to the league's MVP. It's a cheap shot and led to a second cheap shot. That's literally it. So it came down today. You ready? So the NBA says, the association says, Nikola, you got to miss one. So you got to sit out. And it cost you a game check. And then they said, Markeith, we're going to take 50 grand off you. Don't do dirty stuff. And then they went after my dad. Oh, not Jimmy Butler. Yeah. They said, Jimmy, you've been real bad. 30 grand for, quote, escalating the altercation. He was lining up the dudes in the locker room to, like, literally jump him when he walked by. That was the plan. Yes. It's going to be like the, the Warriors. It was, Not the Golden State Warriors, the movie The Warriors. Nicola, come out and play. It's a Warriors reference, but I tell you, you might not get that one. Markeith Morris. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I saw the original movie. Oh, there you go. So you do get it. Markeith Morris sitting out tonight versus the Lakers. Um, For reasons. It, 
The medical report says whiplash. <laughs> oh. He, he's going to be sitting sideline against the Lakers. Oh, God. The jokes abound. Can you imagine the signs that are coming into that stadium? He's going to be there on the sideline, not playing in his street clothes. But it's going to look like very much like a WWE. And he's going to have like a neck brace on 100%. and be in a wheelchair. If I was a Miami Heat hater, whether you're super pro Jokic or super anti Markeith in Miami, I would 100% buy Devo hats for all of my friends and family and sit right behind the bench in Devo hats. Uh, That's a whip it good reference, Vital. Whip it, whip it good. That was the joke there. Not playing tonight for the visiting Miami Heat. Markeith Morris, DMP, for finding out what happens. Yes. <laughs> Barkley and Shaq defended Jokic. Yes, they did, because Shaquille O'Neal is over seven foot tall, and this kind of stuff happened to him his whole career. Yeah. And there's only one guy that's ever beat Shaquille O'Neal. That's Detlef Shrimp. He didn't really even beat him well. He just could move the without him, without the ball. Zerzinas Zilzowskis, he could move around him a little bit. But anyone else couldn't really get around Shaq. Because they got those fancy European feats. That's the only reason. Like Arbitus Sabonis? Like, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. 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 It's better footwork. That's the only reason. This is what happens when you quote-unquote, like, keep it real on the court with a guy who's over seven foot tall. Are you referring to the Chappelle Show skit when keeping it real goes wrong? Because that's exactly what happens when keeping it real goes wrong. So I don't know what that is. I know you don't. And if you could paint the picture for me, I would be appreciative. Uh, It's when uh, people, air quotes, keep it real. Yeah. And then they face real life consequences for air quotes, keeping it real. Oh, so you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Correct. Because he's not not really. He's not a victim of cancel uh, culture. Not really. He got slap on the wrist. That cost him zero money whatsoever. It cost him $15,000, which is zero money whatsoever. That's zero money to him. But you know what it did cost him in his world? Because his world is NFL an NFL fan. It kind of cost him a lot. Well, future endorsements, most likely. Yeah. Cause, and I'm going to say. Until him and Odell Beckham Jr. win the Super Bowl. Your Green Bay Packers. Put everything in, for Everyone forgets about what happened. Did you see that, though? They, they put in the league minimum offer on him. Did you see it? Of course they did. Hey, that's a very Packers move. Hear me out. It's like, if you want to be here, we will pay you as little as humanly possible. Hey, welcome uh, Odell Beckham Jr. to the squad. Here's the thing. You might be able to look around and see quickly that we don't even pay Devontae Adams the best one in the game. Yeah. Also, we're not saying we're bringing you in just to distract the media from quarterback Aaron Rodgers. 100%. On the cheap. It's two dirty plays, this Jokic-Morris thing. They're both bad. They're both insanely bad. I think they were penalized absolutely correctly. I agree. Okay. Jokic got the penalty that Aaron Rodgers should have gotten. A game? That sends a message to the league. $882,000? Yep. Which is still, to him, nothing. And when Markeith Morris, who is the 11th guy on the squad, and who came in just to hit him in the ribs. Correct. That's That's what you get. Unnecessary. Mm Mm-hmm completely unnecessary here's when it's going to get unnecessary again he's going to hear about it for a long time because nba player like guy in the association 
He knows that's dirty. He knows that gross. He knows he is gross. He knows his brother is gross. They play gross. You want to play hard? You want to play dirty? Do it in the playoffs in a 3-3 series where the game is tied in the fourth quarter. That's when you grind it out. Not when you're losing by 17 points. That is despicable behavior. And not apologizing for Jokic either. And if you're trying to look big in front of your stepdad, Jimmy Butler, I get that. Like if Jimmy Butler's like, hey, go in there and do some stuff that I won't do because I'm not the 11th man on this squad. And to me, you know how I feel about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler to me is a top 10 guy in the league. Correct. That's a whole nother thing. Jimmy Butler should be cutting him a check. I'm not saying Jimmy Butler was doing that. I'm just saying. Well, somebody told him. Somebody told him. Somebody said, hey. Is Eric Spolstra still down there? You got to watch the videotape and be like, who leaned over to Mark Keith and was like, hey, it's time. And I thought I thought the association would be a little harder on Mark Keith because of who he did it to. Same. Making, That's the making, guy. An, making an example of Jokic. Costing him one game check, that sends a very clear message to when this happens in the future. But they didn't do enough to Mark Keefe because it's completely unnecessary. Not like it was murder for hire. When we get back, Dave Busters presents you boys. And we are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. And we play on Team I 9. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to us. Thank you for being part of the program. 505-246-0610. That's the text and that's the Quan's Auto Care Hotline. So you brought this one up to me, Van, and this one is like fairly breaking. This is like hours old. Yeah, today. Okay. But like tonight where it happened, because I don't really understand time zones. I mean, the details were were updated while we're on air. Okay. So... I'm going to say Paris Saint-Germain. What does that mean to you? Just PSG. All right, PSG. PSG is one of the biggest football clubs in the world. Boys or girls? Both. Okay, got it. Yeah. They got one of each. And teens and kids and feeder programs, all that stuff. Oh, it's like a a complex. It's a big deal. Okay. Yeah. A soccer complex. Well, I mean, they all do that. All the soccer academies. Oh, okay. Now I know. Yeah, PSG is who just signed Messi. Ah, yes. Yeah, they're a big deal. Good callback. So, there's a star of this team. Correct. Or maybe not even a star. There's just a player on the team. A starter. Yeah. A regular starter. And her name is Kiera Hamrui. Something like that. Is that close? Kiera Hamrui. Hammer eye. Let's let's go with that. It's very close. Okay. I did not look up the pronunciation. I did not. I'm not calling her game. I'm mentioning her name a couple times. So, and you can Google her. So, Kira Hamon Rye. That's actually, that's pretty clever. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Who, by the way, has like nearly 500,000 followers on Twitter. She's like fairly famous. A big deal. So, she was... Attacked. Okay. Correct. Yes. So she was yesterday ripped from her car by two masked men and beaten in the legs with metal bars a la 
Nancy Kerrigan. Exactly like Nancy Kerrigan. Exactly. It was so close. Paris police. Called Tanya Harding. Immediately contacted the Harding people. Yes. And she said, don't look at me. Look at, and I'm going to butcher this one too, Aminata Diallo. That's super close. Because the midfielder for PSG and France, so the national team as well. Yep. She was coming off the bench behind Ham on Rye. Correct. Okay. Kira, Kira Ham on Rye. And here's the thing, Vital, is where it Am- gets- Aminata Diallo was the understudy. Yes. Yeah. For both PSG and France's national team. She had to just sit there and drool over what she wanted all day, every day. So she hired, allegedly, two hitmen. Correct. To sideline the player who plays in front of her. Correct. What? What? Okay, first off, this is a very dumb crime. Whoever organized this crime is a very bad criminal. Well, I can tell you who... Her name is... Well, okay, she, let's, if it was her idea, it was obviously her idea, if it was her idea of the execution, like, oh my, like the Paris police would be like, oh my God, a professional athlete got injured in the places that they need to be an athlete. Who could have done it? Hamrui was left badly bruised, but with no broken bones in her legs. She's a baddie, fool. Yeah. She's tough. I haven't said baddie since I was a teenager, so I'm really into you bringing that back. Really? Yeah. Well, I can't say the full one. So, <laughs> I'm going to tell you she didn't orchestrate it. I'm going to tell she you. She outsourced it. I'm going to say it was presented to her. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's what I want. And because uh, Hamrui was out, Diallo actually started yesterday. So she got to play. So this happens right before the match. So she was successful for a day. In her plan. But here's the thing. I don't think it's her plan. Because I think somebody came to her and said, hey, listen, I heard of this story that happened in the 90s. Yeah. With this Olympian. No, no, no. Hear me out. No, this is before the internet. They'll they'll never remember that this happened. don't even think a lot of people talked about it. (laughs) It wasn't a big deal at all. There were not multiple Hallmark movies made on this scandal. No one will know what you did. ESPN didn't put out the most banger 30 for 30 on this exact thing. They did two of them. It was a 60 for 60. That's right. And the police in Versailles, they're not saying anything. Yet. Yeah, we're not providing any information. No information. After a team dinner organized by PSG. And PSG got ripped from her car leaving the dinner. Yeah. And she was attacked in her lower legs by two masked men wielding an iron bar. Are you kidding? That is obviously another jealous player. Like any cop worth his weight just sat down for 15 minutes like, okay, this happened. And then this happened. And then this happened. He's like, okay, who's your understudy? Let's go get her right now. Like it's obvious. He sat down across from like the victim, Hammery. It was like, now I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Columbo. And here's what I think happened. And that was it. Also, the girl, the 
Diallo, these hitmen or someone in association with them, they came to her and said, listen, we know you're frustrated. We've heard the things. The two biggest fans? Yeah. Who run the two guys that run her Instagram? Correct. Because they're obviously not successful criminals. Yes. It's a moderator on her OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. So they were like, hey, if you can come up with a couple bucks, you know what we could do? Yeah. Because we could. And this shows why she's not a starter either. Because she's not willing to put in that extra effort and take it all the way. Yeah, yeah. She, she's only willing to go halfway. And the only reason we're able to even... That coward-ass crime she just committed. <laughs> to make a couple jokes here is because Hamry's not seriously hurt. Thank goodness. Yeah, she's going to be fine. That would be so awful. This gal here, though, she's going to go to jail for a long time. She's going to go to jail for a long time. Also, and I heard Vital say this off the air, if you're going to hire a hitman... You hire Mike Vitale. First, yeah. yeah. Somebody from East St. Louis. That, okay. <laughs> Awkward. This is a bad crime. I would run into her car, like if I'm being honest. It's not a I would pull you out and beat you over the pipe, because that to me, that's too obvious. Right. But if it's a, oh, cool, I just like, bump into your car. Hey, Vitale, whenever Fred gets ripped from his vehicle... And they only hit him in the mouth so he can't talk. And then the cops come for me the next show. You know exactly what happened. <laughs> Here's the playbook right here. And the assailant is Ryan Tamario, first in 505. <laughs> Heard Saturday morning. And he framed it on Van Nunley. 8 to 11. <laughs> That's a weird story. Because I don't know a lot about like saboteurs, but that's what that is, right? Or is it not? I guess it's not. Because it's not like you're sabotaging the team because you think you can do better, I guess. I don't really know. Maybe it's because France isn't as into, like, cop shows as America is. You know I hate cop shows. There's not, like, 12 law and orders in France. So they don't know how bad of a crime this was when they were thinking it up. They're just like, oh, you're just going to rip her from her car? Oh, wait, you have masks on? Like, oh, this is great. Oh, you're only going to hit her in the legs. No one will suspect that. Did they take her wallet? I mean, you got to rob her too, right? You, you got to rob her and take the car to make it look like a carjacking. Like presenting yeah, it right? as a crime. Like I'm sounding like way too good at crime right now. Yeah. But I'm sorry if I'm a suspect at any other crime now because of my knowledge it, of crime. And the guys doing it are wearing number ten Diallo jerseys, <laughs> and they're like, "That's a weird coincidence." PSG and the Wire. When is? <laughs> When the assailant's mask was being ripped off his face, he saw I love Amanada Diallo yeah. across his neck. That's how he knew who the suspect was. And they left uh, Hammery's fanny pack untouched. And you're like, okay, you know, that's not, it's not just a random act. The assailant dropped his phone with her Instagram page open. Lobo talk when we get back. Dave and Buster's presents you boys. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we play on Team I-9. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. I like the character a lot in the locker room. I think they're getting better. They're very, very coachable. Um, but we'll see. You know, I mean, once those... Minutes are distributed and adversity hits and you don't like the refs and you're not happy with the call. You're not, and it all changes. Um, but I think they're ready. I'm fired up for it, so I can't wait. I guess I'm fired up too. If Coach is fired up, I'm fired up. 
The uh, the FAU Owls come to town tonight. Thirteen and ten last year, and and seventy five in Conference USA. First time I think they've ever played. Is that right, Michael? First matchup ever. First matchup ever. GoLobos.com slash tickets if you're trying to go. We had tickets this one. We gave them away at Bourbon and Boots last Sunday, which we'll be doing again this Sunday. Come check your boys out. We are at Bourbon and Boots, and the Raiders' den is Sunday night, Van. So change, so figure that out. So I'm stoked for a night game. Yeah. It has been 621 days, Van, since February 29th, 2020. You say, well, why does that matter? Because that's the longest span between home games for this men's team. Since, like, the 1920s. Yeah. There's not a lot of worldwide pandemics that derail your sporting events. You don't need a lot. You just need that special one. That one. That one big one. Should be a big deal tonight. Obviously, we were at and live from the Lobos warming up against New Mexico Highlands. Last Friday was that 101-72 victory over the Cowboys. It's like four or five players scored in double digits for UNM. They had good rhythm. The Mashburn junior kid looks real good. You think you think senior will be there tonight? Man, I hope so. That'd be fun. It's the first like regular season actually boy for the Lobos for Richard Patino. I have a stack of Jamal Mashburn rookie cards if you want a couple. Just gonna show up and five oh five two four six zero six ten. You get two of them signed to let you keep your favorite. Text me your name and address. I'll send you a Jamal Mashburn senior rookie card. You can go get autographed. I am not going to be able to make it tonight to the game. I won't either. It's a bummer, man. Yeah. Okay, we're going to be at a lot of them this year. That's true. So after today's game, up to Colorado on Saturday. Cool. But then a big three-game homestand next week against Grambling, Montana State, and Western. So you got a lot of basketball early at the start of the season, and I think that's a big deal because that that lets you set rhythm. Coach Patino was talking about it in that little soundbite there where it's about where it's about having like the fellowship. It's about having the familiarity. It's about having like all those things that you want as a cohesive team and doing that at home is the best way to establish that. By the way, real good Pac-12 school in Colorado they're going to go play. By the way, FAU, you're not going to like hearing this, Lobo fan, especially the the upstart Lobos being in the pit. FAU is favored by one point. That's weird. FAU is a one-point favorite. Hey, because people don't know yet, because there's nine guys, there's nine players on the squad making their debut. They don't know yet. What about the Swiss street ball? The Swedish street ball? Yes. What did I say? Swiss. Swiss. Sweden and Switzerland are two different countries. Only by geographical difference. Yeah, FAU is a one-point favorite. The money line is a pick Spread minus one, which is bonkers. You think I, – I would have assumed, just assumed, that the Lobos would be three-and-a-half, four-and-a-half-point favorites being in the pit. I'm in on Jamal Bashmer Jr. after seeing him in person, um, world of talent. You were a big Jalen House guy. I like both of them playing together. Same. Jalen House was like, you know what I think I'll do? I think I'll follow that coaching staff, and I'll come over from Arizona State. Smart. Smart. Wicked schmat. 
Mashburn a sophomore. It's going to be here a couple years. I'm in on this one. If you're able to be there, it's going to be a world of excitement. It's going to be real good in person. I think I, that elevation is going to get to FAU here. You do? In the second half. A lot of people – there's something kind of intimidating about that's, that ramp. That's legit smart. That ramp is scary for players. Did you walk up the ramp? I mean, I've been up and down it more than one time. Yeah, I've been up and down it a few times, and it is it's, – it's just ever so slightly – Too much. Too much. Yeah. My momentum goes forward, and I'm usually in dress shoes when I'm there, and I am in danger. I need to only wear sneakers to the pit if I know we're going back house. You just made me put thought to that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me. Next yeah, time moving forward. Pit, yeah, put on the Jays. Hey, no dress shoes, bro. You're going to need some squeakums on the way up and down that ramp. I'm much better at breaking down basketball than I am predicting it, so obviously I'm going to catch this one before the broadcast tomorrow, and I'll kind of give you my, my full takeaway. Uh, I am excited, though. That is the short of it. I'm excited for UNM basketball. I think that this squad um, has a lot of potential if everyone comes together in the right way. I agree completely. And uh, we'll see a lot from the new coach. Yeah. Like, how does he get this ragtag bunch of new players together in this new program? And can he have a strong start? Because I, I, I think they're going to finish strong no matter what. I think by the middle end of the year, this team's going to be playing together and going to be very talented. But what is he going to do out the gate? There's one thing you can't coach, man. Seven foot tall, 6'10", 6'11", 6'10", 6'9". You talking about the Swedish street ball, Sebastian Forsling? That's how I'm seeing it. One hour of the program left when we get back after this one. Listen to the boys on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. Back on the program. Good two hours of the program. Text line has been a ghost town. It's been a ghost town. Is the text line down? Or oh, what's going on there? 505-246, text your boys. Did I say something? Did I actually say something about somebody's mom or something? Like somebody, when I say somebody, I mean all of Albuquerque's mom? Somebody at Verizon. <laughs> they just shut us down? Major League Baseball talk. We're going to have some of that right now. Uh, everyone's up. All the awards are up. So there's no winners yet, but we have we got lots of nominees. All right, you ready? Okay. Ready? I'm just going to start where I feel is best, okay? Okay. And that is going to be at the bottom. So I'm going to go rookies. I think that's a good place to start. We'll go rookie. We'll go manager. We'll go Cy. We'll go MVP. Cool? Let's do it. So the nominees, well, you want to talk gold gloves or silver slugger at all, or are you not worried about that? Uh, those aren't up for debate. Those were just announced. Yeah, those are just done. Yeah, we could do that as well. Thank you. Our congratulations. I can talk baseball all night. Congrats. You know this. Congratulations to St. Louis Cardinals who pulled in five gold gloves. It's bonkers. Should have been six. Yadier Molina was robbed. You think so? Yeah, you can look it up. Jacob Stallings' numbers are good. But you know what they're not? Molina. Hmm. Leading the AL in gold gloves was the Astros with two. The Royals with two. All right, here we go. Rookie of the years. American League. Randy Arozarena from Tampa Bay. Wander Franco from Tampa Bay. Luis Garcia from Houston are all finalists for the AL. And I think it was it renamed last year? The Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Year Award. I believe you are correct. So the money is on Tampa Bay winning it. You don't say. Uh, if Luis Garcia he will not. didn't have that stretch where he was hurt, 
I think he has the best peripheral numbers. He has he would have had the most war wins above replacement, which is the modern metric to judge how good of a year you had. If he didn't go out with time, he would have won the war battle and the rookie of the year. The- Wander Franco doesn't have a long enough story. He wasn't up long enough. So I think by default, it's a Rose Arena, even though I think Luis Garcia had the best year. Wander Franco played the best while he was there, but a Rose Arena played a full season. Keep in mind what I'm about to say. I'm about to like make myself a liar in two minutes, oh. okay? You have to play every day to win MVP. Okay. That's my opinion. So you think there should be a separate pitching rookie of the year? I do believe that. If you really wanted to give a pitcher an award, you create another one. Otherwise, you're just not going to win one. The only award out there is Cy Young. So I don't think Luis Garcia can get it. And by the way, everything I just said about a pitcher not winning a rookie of the year, I'm going to change my mind on in two seconds. Okay. Okay. In the other league. It's Randy Rosarina, and it's Randy Rosarina if both Wander Franco and Luis Garcia play an entire season. If everyone gets full numbers and full slate, it's still Randy Rosarino. I, I disagree. If Wander Franco plays a whole season, this kid is a superstar. Yeah, hard yes. He is going to be a top five, top ten guy in the league as long as he's healthy. But it's a Rosarino's award. What he did in the playoffs last year, it's supposed to be an only regular season award, right? But what he did in the playoffs last year, what he did in the playoffs this year, plus a wildly above-average regular season, it's Randy Rosarinas for sure. We are getting multiple texts on the text line that are saying test. So thank you to the listeners of the show. Shout out. Thank you. The friends of the program. Randy Rosarina. Yeah. Done. Randy Rosarina in a landslide. National League Rookie of the Year. One of these – two of these are real close to my heart, and – the kid from Cincinnati is very good. So Dylan Carlson of the St. Louis Cardinals, I watched play over 100 games this year. Stud. Yep. Flat out stud. Yep. 70% of the earth is covered by water. The other 30% is covered by Dylan Carlson. Okay. That's, uh, Jim Edmonds quote. But... That's absolutely correct. Okay. Jonathan India in Cincinnati, just real quietly. And when I say real quietly, I mean – had big hits, had big moments, but the team wasn't that good. Above average. And then, who I believe should win it, Carlsbad's very own Trevor Rogers of the Miami Marlins, who multiple times this past season was NL Player of the Week. Looked unhittable. The first half of the season, well, the whole season, it's very unfortunate. He went down with a very small injury, and the Marlins, they know they're not going to compete this year. That's a so good they, point. They took their time with him, and he had some family drama going on, so he had to miss some time. Were you seeing that on Facebook because you're so connected to Carlsbad as you grew up there? Oh, people were telling me. Thank you. They were asking me about it, and I was like, I live in Albuquerque. You tell me about what's going on in yeah. Carlsbad. I don't know who owns what rental properties in Carlsbad anymore. <laughs> so, If Tre- Trevor Rogers plays a whole year, he wins this thing. Far and away. His numbers are superstar-esque. So you think because of the gap in this year's resume, it's Dylan Carlson? No, it's Jonathan India. I don't think it is. Uh, It's going to be overwhelmingly Jonathan India. He had a better year. He has, like, every 
single stat is better than Dylan Carlson. Except who was in the playoffs. Well, okay. Well, let's say he's not a team award. It's the player, which player played better. I am the big – I am an advocate of your team's got to be good. You don't give awards to losers. Okay, well, he's a winner. He plays like a winner. All right. Well, Dylan Carlson played three straight weeks without losing a game. Jonathan India, every single statistical metric, Jonathan India is better. This is one of those for Dylan Carlson, it's an honor to be nominated kind of things. It's like it's just nice to be nice to be here. Thanks for the nomination. Shake some hands, take some pictures. Is it a fan vote? Because the best fans in baseball will come out and they'll just make sure that everyone knows that Dylan Carlson is If it's up to Cardinals Nation, he's gonna win in a landslide. Yes. Also, Yadier Molina was robbed, and this is, is how Major League Baseball is going to make up for it. Like when, the, like when Major League Baseball stole the All-Star game from Atlanta, they just let him win the World Series. That was kind of crazy. Like that. Also, Stacey Abrams has got that pull. Yeah, Stacey Abrams won this for you, Atlanta. You don't mess with Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams today paid off the medical debt of like $2.5 million. Hey, you want to hear... The, that, first off, that's amazing. Yes, I'm in a big. I'm a big Stacey Abrams fan, as Same. I know you are. I'm a fan. You're like the whole word. You're a fanatic. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm a fan of WWE and Stacey Abrams. Like they've already blocked your email. It's like, sir, we are not going to respond. Your email has been blocked. And I do. All, I do all the personal ones where I'm like Stacy dot Abrams at Gmail, Stacy underscore Abrams at Gmail, yeah. Stacy Abrams one at Gmail. Like I'm gonna get through. And you do like all the aliases of her favorite movies and musicians. Yes. You're like Miles dot Davis. You're like this is not Stacy Abrams. This is a Miles <laughs> Davis fan club. Stop it. Okay, check this out. Cool Atlanta Braves fact. If you know this out there already, you're a bigger baseball dork than I am. The Atlanta Braves this year. Okay, R.I.P. Hank Aaron, right? Ah. The Atlanta Braves won 44 games before the All-Star break. Yes. They won 44 games after the All-Star break. Makes sense. And they won the World Series in the 44th week of the year. And as, as you know, this year, Braves legend, number 44, Hank Aaron, passed away. Oh, That is spooky. Yeah. That's spooky. That's pretty spooky. It's very spooky. No team with 88 wins should be able to play. They clinched on Halloween. <laughs> Similar take. More spooky. I got India and a Rosarina, and I think those are pretty solid answers. I got a Rosarina and Trevor Rogers. God, I want Trevor to win. That'd be Same. so sweet. After what he went through this year, oof. What was this family doing? I'm not what's talking up? about that. Hey, what's going I'm on? I'm not going to talk what's about that. What's going on with old T. I'm Rogers? Not talking about that. What's going on down in that's, that's Carl's Badia? Privilege inside info that I do not share. I mean, I live in the 505 area code. I mean, I feel like we're all family. <laughs> what is this, an Olive Garden? Yeah, what? What's going on? Hey, what's which going, Fast and the Furious movie is this? What's going on in White City? What's going on down there? Family. I mean, it's got to be pretty bad. He, what, Pinky not working? His stepdad buy him a knife set for Christmas. Well, who like, do you got for manager of the year, Fred? Mike Matheny. Well, we got to go to break before we go to that. <laughs> so take it. We'll go just a minute early. That way we can get the next segment for manager yeah. of the year awards, Van Allen. You're listening to them boys, and we are powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We are live from 
the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. They're going to have John on the program tomorrow, so that's going to be a lot of fun because we had really good feedback last time he was on. Obviously, we're presented by Dave & Buster's, and we play on Team I-9. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We're back live. We're back doing it. We just broke down who we believe will be the recipients of the Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Year Awards. We both agree that it's Randy Rosarina and Trevor Rogers. I wish it would be Trevor Rogers, but I think the overwhelming smart play here is Jonathan India. Okay. I hope it's Trevor Rogers. I hope you're wrong. The Manager of the Year Award, the AL nominees are from Tampa Bay, Kevin Cash, from Seattle, Scott Servius. Scott Service. I don't know him. And that's it. He's an old Astros catcher. Okay. So yeah. those are the two. There's only two. So the third guy you didn't mention is the guy who I think should get it because Dusty Baker led the Houston Astros to the World Series while everyone was rooting against them, combated injuries all year. Mm-hmm. More injuries than any successful team all year. Uh-huh. And then plus, as we all know, he's a really bad manager. He's literally the worst. And he was still able to get his team to the World Series. Despite the managing of Dusty Baker, the Houston Astros were able to overcome all odds. Correct. So let's give the award to Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker's hard garbage. I don't even know who Scott Service is. Uh, well, the Mariners were one game away from the playoffs. Yep. And that's as good as anything they've ever done in their whole organization. Well, one time they had uh, the most wins in baseball and then lost in the first round of the playoffs. That yeah. happened one time. See? Kevin well, Cash is your obvious winner here. The wasted year. Kevin Cash does more with young talent. He's he's a guy, obviously, he can teach development, obviously, but he maximizes. There's a mental game here to get these young bloods playing at such a high level. If there's a front office of the year award, and I'm sure there is somewhere, but it's not on this list, and no. it's not an official right. MLB award, the Rays win every year. They do. The domination their front office has shown, like except for Theo Epstein's two years, like it's the Rays every year. The answer is Dusty Baker. But it's Kevin Cash. Okay, well, we'll see, won't we? Getting to the World Series is a big deal. Okay, Nash League Manager of the Year. This one is laughable. Unanimous. There's yeah. no question whatsoever. So Craig Council from the Milwaukee Brewers, Gabe Kapler of the San Francisco Giants, and RIP Mike Schilt of the St. Louis Cardinals are finalists for the NL Manager of the Year. Mike Schilt got fired. You can't have a manager of the year who was recently fired. Well, I think you can for laughability. and that's Just for lulls? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Congratulations, Mike Schilt. You don't have a job, but you won 17 games in a row. Here's a trophy. No, the obvious answer is Gabe Kapler. He had the best record in baseball, and they were pre- predicted to be next to last in their division. Everybody, including me predicted that it would be next to last in their division and had the most wins in baseball. It's obviously Gabe Kapler. From the text line, I nominate Tony La Russa for manager of the year for making it through the season sober without an arrest. Okay. To our knowledge. Hold on. 
it's the season, not the calendar year. Oh, okay. Because before the season, didn't he just immediately get in trouble for booze? Uh, what? Well, no, no. He got in trouble for booze before he was announced as the White Sox manager. Had divulged that to the White Sox, but the story came out right before. Okay. So the story came out in February, but it was from like covid holiday season. so it did not happen during the season correct even though it technically happened in the calendar year uh-huh okay more than likely yeah congratulations tony Larusa. mike schilt is your nl manager of the year for the st louis cardinals um the cardinals are wrong again as they let he go and i mean that's just that's the way it is sometimes that's that's how baseball works you can you can do everything right, but you can still lose. I don't know why they didn't let Schilt do one more season and then just pass the torch right to Yadier Molina when he retires after next season. Because that's my coach. They're going to be fighting. The whole league who has a managerial opening is going to be fighting for Yadier Molina next year. I'm about to blow your mind on the new manager for the St. Louis Cardinals because we didn't talk about it on this program because it's not super relevant to Albuquerque okay. Sports Talk. Oliver, Oliver Marmol is 36. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's the most nuts thing to me. That's, that's half of Dusty Baker. He was drafted by the Cardinals in 07, okay? And then messed around for like 10 years in the minor leagues. And then they were like, that's not even right, really, because he became a hitting coach in, like, 2011. So he messed around for, like, four years in the minor leagues. They were like, well, you can't really play, kid, but you can teach. And now he's the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm not talking the Miami Marlins. I'm not talking. That's a big deal. It's the biggest deal. It's a big deal. I still think he's got a one-year run in him, and it's going to be Yadier Molina. Just keeping the seat warm. Yeah. So, but you would think it would have been like Jose Akindo or something if it was that. Also, Albert Pulis is re-signing with the St. Louis Cardinals. And if you think anything aside from that, you don't know poetry. A farewell tour with Yadier, Albert, and Adam Wainwright? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Who cares what they do next season? They're just going to have some fun with it. Cy Young Awards. We'll give you the American League before the break. Garrett Cole of the New York Yankees, Lance Lynn of the Chicago White Sox, and a little bit of a dark horse in Robbie Ray of the Blue Jays. I know you're a big Robbie Ray guy. I know you hate Garrett Cole since he left Houston. Follow the money. And I'm going to tell you, mad. it's not Garrett Cole. Because he couldn't do it when it mattered. And that's what—that's the last taste in your mouth. Lance Lynn had like a small collapse. His full season numbers are very strong. Correct. Lance Lynn had a, a great, complete season. So did Garrett Cole. But this is Robbie Ray's award. He has the best peripheral numbers. He has the best old school numbers. He has the most war out of both of these guys. So, I mean, it's Robbie Ray's award, but it will probably go to Garrett Cole due to name recognition. Garrett Cole was not afraid to play garbagely at the end of the year. Garbagely? You don't think that's a word? Okay. And if it's a word that's specific to Garrett Cole, it applies. 
Also, I don't know how the stupid Major League Baseball Writers Association of America doesn't put Otani in this conversation. For Cy Young? Yes. Not enough. Not even enough starts. Not even close. Uh, okay. You're going to tell me you can't have a guy win MVP and Cy Young in the same season? I'm making history here, Van. I don't give a crap about the numbers. I give a crap about spectacle. Uh, both Justin Verlander and Clayton Kershaw have already done that. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> they don't play every day. We've had this talk. Well, Shohei Otani should be the unanimous MVP of the American League. He wasn't even close to being good enough to be considered Cy Young. Well, I mean, don't spoil it. Robbie Ray didn't have enough eyes on him. It should be Lance Lynn. Former St. Louis Cardinal Lance Lynn. Just because of the Cardinal connection, he's your, he's your pick. I see the phone lines are lighting up. Let's take a break. When we get back, we'll figure out who's hanging out. Dave and Buster's presents you boys live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we play on Team I-9. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Sports animal. Calling us on the Quan's Auto Care Hotline, friend of the show, David. David, sorry we kept you waiting so long. Thank you for sticking through the break. David, you still with us? Oh, I got to bring Can you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, friend. Sorry. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I have concerns about how dark it is at 6.30 p.m. How I hate it. I hate everything about it. Thank you for bringing that up. It's literally the disdain of my entire life, and it makes me ruin relationships. Daylight savings time to me is, is a bane on my existence. We're not an agrarian society anymore. We need to move past it. Hard yes. Hard yes. This guy gets it. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, the reason I was calling, uh, though, was to make my pitch for the NL Cy Young and NL MVPs, and then subsequently to uh, give you a lot of flack when you choose the wrong people. I'm ready. All right. Uh, should I start with Cy Young yes. or MVP? NL Cy Young. NL Cy Young, Mr. Zach Wheeler. Um, when you get down uh, to it, ultimately, what makes the difference in a season and what gives you the best opportunity to win as a ball club is the number of innings pitched. Mr. Zach Wheeler led the National League, and in fact, all of baseball in innings pitched, as well as strikeouts, keeping the ball out of play, making sure there isn't an opportunity for runners to advance. That is how you decide the best pitcher in the National League. Uh, that would be Mr. Zach Wheeler. Only on the MVP 14 side, wins. The MVP side. Go ahead. Go Only ahead. had 14 wins on the year. Yeah, wins are an overrated stat. Uh, look at the last few Cy Young Award winners. Wins don't matter. If you don't get run support, it's not your fault. Uh, you do everything you can to put your team in an opportunity to win, and sometimes that means that your bullpen earns the W. But as long as your team gets the win, that's what matters. And uh, I would say that both Zach Wheeler and my choice for MVP, Mr. Bryce Harper, started a bad Phillies team to very close to the postseason. I I can agree on the Bryce Harper pick. I'm a big Juan Soto guy, and when we get to that, it would be hard for me to go against the Bryce I'll Harper pick. I'll tell pick. you what, Freddie. Yeah. This David guy baseballs. Oh, he baseballs. Because these are also my answers. What? Yep. There's Look no, at this guy. No. Max, Max Scherzer. St. Louis native Max Scherzer. Okay. <laughs> Cor- Corbin Burns had an amazing start to the year. Max Scherzer, after he was traded, had an amazing run. But mm-hmm. Zach Wheeler... The whole season was the best pitcher in the National League. And a lot of people are going to vote for Scherzer. And if I was a betting man, the money should be on Scherzer because he's the favorite. 
But for me, as far as a whole season goes, it's Zach Wheeler. David, what year did you move to Albuquerque from Philadelphia? Uh, I moved to Albuquerque in 2015, I believe. Yeah, there's the Phillies love. That makes perfect sense to me. I'm also a big Ryan Howard guy from St. Louis. So that's, you know, he, uh, he played a little bit for the isotopes. I did. Well, I, I was there. I was physically in the building. Yeah, as was I. As was I. And, uh, Fred, I don't know if I want us to say this for the record. This Van Nunley guy, he baseballs. Okay, uh, that's all right. That's, that's We need a fandom on that one. That's the one. David, thank you for being a friend of the show. He got Appreciate you. He got me right in the middle of the back right there, just perfectly. Yep. Just scratched it. Just so good. You think it's Zach Wheeler for real? Because there's no way I can go against Max Scherzer. Uh, a lot of people are going to forget how unhittable Corbin Burns was at yeah. the beginning of the year. Uh, and a lot of people are going to remember how unhittable Max Scherzer was when he got traded. I'm going to say this, and this goes probably against you and against David. I don't care about the season. I care about the legacy. And you're talking about real unique company with Max Scherzer. Because if he gets the fourth one, you're talking Clemens, you're talking Johnson, you're talking Carlton, you're talking Maddox. Like, do you want to be the fifth guy in that list? Because I know Major League Baseball wants you to be the fifth guy in that list. That's why I think it goes to Max Scherzer. It's not for the season. It's for... The spectacle. Well, you could match up Burns' start and Scherzer's finish up against each other, but for the whole season, it's Zach Wheeler. David led us to NL MVP first. Obviously, I would have went AL first, but we'll stay with that rhythm. NL MVP. Bryce Harper, the Phillies, Juan Soto, and the Nationals. Fernando Tatis Jr., the Padres. Fernando fell off. Yeah, he fell off towards the end of the year, and he was out. He missed multiple games. He also lost his teammates, and I know that doesn't necessarily translate to this kind of thing. But at 22 years old, he's going to have a lot of opportunities in the future to do it. Also at 22 years old, Juan Soto is going to have a lot of opportunities in the future to do it. Baseball is so good right now. I love baseball. I love this youth movement in baseball. I can't get enough of it. I've watched... So much baseball this year. It's not just because my beloved Astros were competitive all year. This youth movement is so great. When you got the MLB package and you could just flip channels and watch all these studs coming up and then watching these solid at-bats and these great young arms, like baseball's never been better. I feel like I'm on a level with Bryce Harper where I can call him Brycey right now. You don't accidentally, if you're Brycey, lead the league in slugging and OPS. Ooh, sledding, huh? Well, you know. hey He's he's from Utah. So the uh, I'm in on Bryce Harper for the MVP. Um, he's just too good. His on base, four twenty nine. You're telling me that he's on base almost every other time. The value in that I can't start to explain. And if if his team was more competitive, he would have a hundred RBIs, which he does not. He only has eighty four. Right. Because his garbage teammates were never on base for him to hit him in. The slash lines on Juan Soto, though. 313, 465, 534. Almost 30 bombs. Bryce Harper, except for home runs and RBIs, gets him in every statistical metric. It's it's Harper's to lose. And that's so kudos to Philly's front office yeah. for stealing Zach Wheeler from the Mets and giving him that big money. And then, you know, one of the biggest contracts of all time, Bryce Harper. So the, there's the whole, the Philly as an organization and Philly as like a front office, hot garbage. 
but they nabbed a couple good ones, and they, you, de- they deserve both of these awards. Do you really feel that way about hot garbage? Because I don't. Because I think with the Phillies, it's they will pay you. Because Bryce Harper got paid. So whenever Wheeler shows up, they're like, hey, play real hard. We got money here, boys. Like, we will pay you. Yeah, but they punted Gabe Kapler. Yeah. And he's going to be the manager of the year for the Giants. Managers don't matter. Yes, they do. The manager for the Cardinals is 36 years old. Well, we'll find out if he matters or not. Yeah, You know what it's going to matter? Whenever the GM says, hey, do what I said, kid. That's what Major League Baseball wants now. It, like, I'm, I'm almost 40. Quit calling me kid. Teams don't want Tony La Russa anymore. The White Sox did. Isn't that weird? The youngest team in the league got the oldest coach in the league. It, it's got a lot to do with ownership and how there was like seller's remorse from 30 years ago. And, and that's just a real unique one. But like your boy, Dusty Baker, nobody want to nobody want to play for Dusty Baker. He wasn't my first choice. He wasn't the Astros first choice. He wasn't my second choice. He wasn't my third choice. But gosh darn it, is he not a nice guy? And has a very big role in the history of baseball. I mean, no. Yeah, he does. Just, I, I know you hate him, but you can't dispute the fact that he's very important in the history of baseball. You're talking about inventing the high five again. That's what you always talk about with Dusty Baker. I was, it's I was never slowly leading up to that. Never is it a single thing about his playing days or his managing days. Wasted talent. Well, he was hurt a lot. No! He wasted the talent that he managed. He wasted talent in San Francisco. He wasted talent in Cincinnati. He wasted talent in Chicago. You would think he'd be the Phillies manager then. Yeah. Oh, you're making me so mad right now. <laughs> okay, this one's going to be easy. Well, I think we, do you want to save it for after the break? You want to dive? We'll dive into it. The quickest version of the AL MVP. Sweet. Marcus Simeon of the Blue Jays. Shohei Otani. Pitcher in DH, or Flad Don't Call Me Senior Guerrero. If it wasn't for Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero would be the MVP of the whole league. Not just the AL, not just the NL. He had a phenomenal season. He was the best hitter in the whole league. But there's a problem. I don't think he's better than Bryce Harper, but keep going. Shohei Otani also got 20 friggin' starts. Shohei Otani should be the unanimous MVP. He is the lasting memory of this season. He's everything that matters to baseball fans. Shohei Otani's season should be the number one story in the history books. Oh, Because we might not see it again. He might not stay healthy enough to start this many games. He might not be healthy enough to have this many at-bats every year. But a healthy Shohei Ohtani is the best player in baseball, and it's not even close. Are you saying that because he had 46 home runs or 26 steals or 100 ribbies or scored 103 times? Van, four shy of a century's worth of walks. It's insane. It's insane. 155 games as a hitter. That means he hit in the games he pitched in. This is not the National League. He didn't even take a day off after pitching. He said, I got this. Now, to be fair, to be fair, the Angels were real clever about where they would pitch him and if there was an off day to follow, and obviously they do it the right way. You got to protect him. 156 strikeouts, 130 in a third innings. Just crazy to me. And there was like, there was a question about him for five minutes. Do you remember that? 537 at-bats for a slugger 
only 189 strikeouts. That's so crazy to me. Pitching 130 innings, 156 strikeouts. If you combine his statistics, pitching and batting, his war wins above replacement, nine. The second closest is David's boy Wheeler at seven and seven in some change. 7.7. I shouldn't have tripped over that one. Baseball is so young and so good right now. I'm obsessed with it. And if you're not watching baseball, obviously you're not right now. It's November. But if you're you're not excited for February already, you're very confused. I love it so much. You know where your boys are going to be this summer? Better and better and better and better. Come spring, we're on the road with Chisholm Trail RV. Catch us in Phoenix. We're going to be there. I'm about it. I know we got one last break. Let's take it. We'll do that when we get back. We'll wrap this program up. We didn't pick a varsity today, so let's break down some of this Charles Barkley and NBA stuff. I could do that. I like that. Mike Trujillo is only 15 minutes away on True to the Game. Dave and Buster's present your boys. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio, powered by the Mexico Opinion Coffee, and we play on Team I-9. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. <clears throat> Good program today. Let me clear my throat like DJ Cool. Thank you to Dan. Thank you to Robert. Thank you to David. It's fun when the friends of the show take the time. We did not set a varsity today. Whoopsie. We could have done something fun like 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 salt logos. There's only the one. Ah, okay. Never mind. The vars- it's a varsity of one. Yeah. Ooh. It's very Will Smith of you. What? Very Highlander of me. Salt Highlander. Charles High Sodium Lander. I'll show myself out. There's, there's a, there's got to be an Irish joke here, a Scottish joke. Salt lens, salt. There's something. I just did it. High sodium lander. It's salt. Yeah, that's in the close. Salt in the Highlands. What's the name of that that ridge that's like super famous? You know what I'm talking about, Bob. I know you know. You're a man of the world. What is the name of that? A Scottish ridge. Yeah. I'm going to find it. You know what I'm talking about, and you need to just say it, Bob, because I know you know. No, I don't. Not on this one. Cliffs of Dover? Is that it? You tell me. You're the one that's making this stuff up. not a ridge. The Cliffs of Moor. That's what I'm thinking of. It's like a super famous thing in Ireland, which is not Scotland, so I really just showed my... Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Cool talk, bro. I'm that guy. I'm the guy that don't know. Oh, I know what you're talking about. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. And the Cliffs of Dover is actually what I was trying to come up with because they are bright white. And in England. Yeah, but it looks like salt. And all right, They're all islands, and they might even be on their own continent. I don't really know <laughs> how tectonic plates work. <laughs> I do. I thought the, the... Straits of Dover and France. Okay, here. All right, facing France. Okay. Oh, the Straits of Dover is is a, is some water. That is a U two song. The Cliffs of Dover is a song. That's by Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson. Yeah. Okay. And that's a very good song. I think U two covered it. Well, it came out in like ninety by Eric Johnson. So if U two covered it, I mean, you didn't really give it enough bleed. 
U2 is still very much alive. It's like they could have only covered it in retrospect in the 80s. Speaking, speaking of Highlanders, Wade Bard. Speaking of Highlanders, do you think U2 went back in time to do a cover song? Is that what you're saying? The straight, if you go down the Strait of Dover, you can see the cliffs of Dover, and they look like salt. That's the joke I was trying to get, mm. and I blew it. Yeah, pretty bad. Thank you. And now you're having to explain how bad you blew it instead of just moving on. I feel like my dad just embarrassed my father, Jimmy Butler. I'm, I'm embarrassed for the both of us right now. Charles Barkley, when talking about analytics, said, <laughs> quote, they made it up because all these rich dudes who own these teams want to get their son-in-laws a job. They're kind of just stats. It's kind of like yoga. Yoga is nothing but stretching. I tell people yoga is just stretching. They give it a different name and charge you for it. Unquote. I'm in on Team Barkley right now. Okay. Oh, I'm oppo. I usually love everything Charles Barkley says, but he's super wrong. What? We were just talking about how smart the Tampa Bay Rays are. If it wasn't for analytics, the Tampa Bay Rays don't exist. Charles Barkley is wrong. 20 years ago, there was an introductory, introductory yoga classes. There's no longer introduction to yoga because it's just stretching and people know how to do it. Stretching is also very important. Yoga is very important for your mind, body, and soul. Charles Barkley is wrong again. Look at Charles Barkley's physique. Yeah. He ain't never stretched ever. Or worried about a single statistic. Yeah. He just does the job. Hey, come on, man. Oh, why can't people just be talented like me and just show up to work? Also, analytically speaking, analytics are real good on Charles Barkley. Like, Charles Barkley had the numbers. Yes, he was very good. He was very good at everything having to do on a basketball court except for winning a championship. I had the he did He did win the championship of bad takes, though, with, with that comment. I had the dating app for many years when I first moved to town. I have dated many a Santa Fe yoga instructor. Okay. And they will tell you it's just stretching. It's literally stretching. That's all it is. That doesn't mean it's bad or unnecessary. Well, it's not it's what you say it is. It's stretching in a series of positions and poses that work your whole body. And while you're working your body, you work on your mind and your spirit. There's a big difference between stats and analytics. And that difference is nothing. Like, come on, man. Who even cares about numbers, man? What's a what's a number matter? I don't even I don't even use phone numbers, man. I just say, Hey Siri. Hey Siri, call Fred. <laughs> You're the one where Shaq teaches him how to text. <laughs> he knew the other day when he says, I never sent an email. And Ernie Johnson's like, You sent me emails. And and Charles Barkley's like, No. I've replied to emails. <laughs> and you're like, Mitch Hedberg, get out of Charles Barkley. Get out of him. When Charles Barkley says jump shooting teams can't win ships, I'm like, I know what he's saying is you got to play by the basket. Yes. But the way he delivers it is not That's that. very wrong. And I get the spirit of what he's saying about analytics. Yeah. Basketball is only a five-man sport. All right? If analytics have the least amount – to do with a championship team, it's going to be basketball. NFL, very important. Baseball, with a 162-game schedule, it's the most important. Now, Charles Barkley has a bit of a platform. He's got what I would argue is a very big microphone, okay? Should Big Yoga be watching out for Charles Barkley's boomer ass coming after it? Like, is Big Yoga need to be concerned that there's going to be an anti-yoga movement? Started by Charles Barkley? Yes. Like, seriously or for the lulls? <laughs> like, 
Is this something we can start on the show? If like, Charles go- Barkley shows up in a T-shirt that says you can yoga for free, then big yoga better watch out because Charles Barkley takes no prisoners. Well, yo, go get out of my face with that BS. Maybe that one. No, that's not the one. Close. We're, yeah. we're shopping it out here. <laughs> Analytics do like, and I'm a fantasy football guy. I'm a fantasy baseball guy. I'm all those things. But that's stats. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Nama, stay out of my way with that BS. All right, that's a good one. Okay. That's yeah, it took one. you an extra minute, yeah. but I'm glad we took it. We'll get there. Always together. Never <laughs> not together. The thing to me that's the thing is if Charles Barkley is communicating to you that your analytics is as dumb as his perception of Yoka, because that's what he's trying to share. Yeah. He thinks it's real dumb. Hey, Charles, I had to, after that last injury I had, I did yoga every day. Uh, you don't even know who Yogi Bear is, man. I don't believe you. Have you ever seen stats after a game? Stats? Yeah. Of course I have. Okay. I'm a dork. I work I work in collegiate sports, right? I'm, I'm a broadcaster for a collegiate team. After every quarter, every half, there's a 20-page printout of every statistic you would ever need to see. Right. And you, I say, this is D2. Mm-hmm. What are we de-doing? Yeah. This is de-dumb. Because here's what you need to know. Your best players are your best players. Charles Barkley is your best player. You look at him analytically, he wasn't tall enough. That's what you get. That's all you see. Everything else he's got going. Also, I like the guy in Charles Barkley who thinks he's like the expert of everything, except there are actual experts at stats and analytics, and he's like, I'm not the expert in that. He's like, forget it. Obviously, he's not. Yeah, it's, it's got he no value. You realize how, okay, the owner's son having a job or the coach's kid having a job, that's funny. You know he saw that, though. That is funny. When he was in Phoenix, yeah. you know he saw that. Well, he played in the friggin' 80s and early 90s. Like, there weren't any advanced analytics then. There was just, like, field goal percentage, and yeah. that's it. But as he travels around doing this NBA TV stuff, he's like, he's like who's this Poindexter? Mm-hmm. We got to go because Mike Trujillo, true to the game, is going to join you, friends of the show. Van, any final words? Oh, too much for the time allotted, man. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, bouquet.